Hey everybody and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver and I'm here with my co-anchor and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey everybody. Excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, good. Good. Going well. You know, busy. Yeah. Oof, a little crazy busy. You. Yes. <laughs> I had a fun little errand I had to run this evening. I don't know if you heard about this. I don't think what? you did. No. So um, my sister, Kara, our youngest sister, called to say that there was something sitting on their front doorstep that was apparently an invite to the prom for our niece, Mia, who's 16. Oh. And it was something that maybe shouldn't be left outside. And they were in another town and weren't going to be home for a couple of hours. Oh, no. So I ran over to see what was going on. And it was a big orange poster board that said, now that I've kissed the ground you're wa- I've, you've walked on, will you go to the prom with me? And this kid had spelled out the word prom in Hershey Kisses. And then there was a big pile of them underneath. And this was all just laying Aww. on their front step. <laughs> How cute. And I will say that their cat Chumley was sitting right next to it, really considering screwing <laughs> stuff up. So it was probably good that I went, o- I went over and took a picture of it and then took it all in the house for Mia. <laughs> Oh, that's so fun. I'm so excited. Yeah, so she's pretty excited. But that was a fun little little errand I got to run. And I have to say, I think it's funny that, you know, I'm pretty sure one of us got asked to the prom or a dance that way sometime. Uh Uh-huh. 25 years ago or so. (laughs) So Right. Some things never change, I guess. It's it's true. Morris was asked to the prom like, I don't know, two weeks ago. And it was, uh, this is something so typical. Uh, it, it was cute, but it was uh, a poster that said, uh, I figured I better uh, hit it out of the park and shoot my shot. Will you go to the prom with or to the prom with me? And there was a softball and uh, like a mini bat. <laughs> so cute. Yep. Seems typical as well. Yep. And then she for took, a softball player. Yes. And she took a poster board and covered it. I had bought two like giant things of extra gum from Mm -hmm. Costco and covered an entire poster. It said, I think it would be extra, 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 extra. There was like 20 packs of gum. Fun to go to the prom with you on her poster. (laughs) So, yeah. Yep. I would love to know from Mm -hmm. our listeners, is this just an Idaho thing? Do kids do this? where you live because we definitely did this kind of stuff when we were kids Mm -hmm. and now we're seeing it again yeah that's pretty funny my favorite ever was the big box of uh fish like the penny candy fish Uh you know instead of of all of the fish in the sea would you go to the prom with me oh yeah i really like that one yeah or the one that's um it's all different kinds of candy bars that spell out the message (gasps) yes yeah yeah that's fine too it's pretty much all about candy i guess i don't know (laughs) right well it's a great question though is this is this a colloquial thing or do you guys do this as well right we don't know we live in Idaho. what do we know right now we must know Mm -hmm. well today's case is our mmiw for the week right this is a very old mmiw case Um, oh really probably not one that you've heard of but christy i am very curious to hear what you think happened here. Okay. So this is the case of a missing child, Anthonette Cayadito. Hmm. Anthonette 
Christine Cayadito. Okay. So she went missing when she was nine years old. She went missing on April 5th, 1986. Okay. She was born on Christmas Day, 1976. From New Mexico. She had brown hair and brown eyes. She was 4'7 at the time of her disappearance and about 55 pounds. She was Navajo and dad was of Hispanic and Italian descent. So she was okay. uh, biracial. She had freckles, pierced ears, a scar on her knee, a scar on her lip, and a little mole on her face by her nose, on the side of her nose. Kind of like the one I have? Yeah. That's weird. She's only one year older than, or one year younger than me. I know. She's right in between you and I. Yep. And yeah, I see the mole in the picture and see I have a mole like that next to my nose. Yeah. That's weird. So on the evening of April 5th, her mother went out with friends to a bar and had a babysitter. And mom says she came home around midnight and dismissed the babysitter. And mom went to bed. So Antoinette and Wendy, one of the younger sisters, this little sister was five, they answered the door. Someone knocked on the door at 3 a.m. And Antoinette answered the door. She asked who it was through the door, and a man said, Uncle Joe. And they do have an Uncle Joe. Okay. So she opened the door, and according to her sister, two men grabbed her and took her and put her in a brown van and drove away. Yeah. Mm. And her sister says she doesn't, she didn't recognize them. Now remember she was five. So, you know, this Mm -hmm. information will be, you know, fairly sketchy, but she said she didn't know. Um, She didn't tell anybody. She went to bed. She thought she was going to be in trouble. Okay. And mom woke up about seven and Antoinette was not in her room. She asked the neighbors and called the police at around 11 a.m. Oh, gosh. And the police and the neighbors searched the neighborhood. Nothing was found. Uh, the five-year-old, you know, spilled her guts. Uh, they talked to Uncle Joe, but he was cleared. Uh, the police, you know, felt like the abductors probably did know the family. Yeah. So the case immediately went cold. They had nothing to go on. And they did have some missing persons stuff out there. You know, the FBI got involved, but they had nothing. A year after Antoinette went missing, the Gallup Police Department received a call from a young girl on the phone who said, I am Antoinette. And I, you know, I I am missing or mm-hmm. I have been kidnapped or something along those lines. And then, the, so this is dispatch that gets this call. Mm-hmm. And then they hear a man say, who said you could use the phone? They hear Antoinette scream and the line go dead. So they have mom listen to this. And she says, that's definitely her daughter's voice. Says she doesn't recognize the man's voice. And again, the whole call was 40 seconds long. They didn't get it tracked. They didn't you know, get it traced or anything. So no, then, no, I mean, this is the eighties. Not... Right. Yeah. Four years after the call, 
And of course, in New Mexico, they really, you know, there are missing posters, persons posters up. Like there is an attempt to find her, but they really have nothing to go on. Right. And four years after the call in Carson City, Nevada, a waitress thinks that she saw Antoinette. She said there was a kind of weird, unkempt couple that had a little girl with them that fits her description. And she kept knocking her silverware on the floor. And every time she did, the waitress would uh, pick it up and hand it to her. She would hold, grab the waitress's hand and squeeze it. Mm -hmm. After they left, the waitress discovered notes written on the napkins that were put under her plate that said, call the police and please help me. So then on May 2nd, 1996, this is, you know, a ways back, yeah. or past, a body was found in Albuquerque that shared a lot of similarities to Antoinette, but they never confirmed that she was her. And so I'm still hoping that some DNA may confirm or, or deny that one, but there's no confirmation of her that that was actually her body. Why did they think it was? Uh, because there were some similarities to Antoinette. Just physical characteristics. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, as far as the police are concerned, no body has ever been found. They did have the mother take a lie detector test and she failed it. Mm -hmm. They've always felt like she knew more about what happened to her, but uh, they don't know. Mom died in 99. She was sold into human trafficking by her mother. I don't have any doubt of that. That was exactly my this case. Was, yep. Yeah, this was just one of those cases. Mm -hmm. We've seen them before. They're awful. But anyway, yep. you can keep going. That's just, she was definitely um, mm -hmm. sold. Yep. Dad died in 2012, and that's it. That's the whole case. That's, that's all we know. Mm. Yep. Yikes. So let's take a quick break. Okay. And when we come back, Christy, I'm going to get a full read from you on this case. I have a few questions for you as well. Okay. So we'll take a break and come back for that. Okay. Hi, I'm Christy Brower, podcaster and professional psychic. I have spent the last 14 years honing my skills as a psychic and a healer. I work on the Purple Ocean app. You can find it in any of the app stores. And I am available every day for video and chat readings. I specialize in pattern breaking, uh, particularly in relationships, but really in any area of your life. If you're feeling stuck and like you can't move on or you can't let something go, I am the reader for you. That is exactly what I focus on. It's what I love to do. I love to help stuck people get moving and I've been doing it for many years and have been very successful at it and can do that for you as well. So if you are having trouble letting go of a relationship or a fear or a challenge of any kind in your life, come see me at Purple Ocean and we will do everything we can, me and my guidance system and my intuition and you, because it's always a package deal that we work together, but we will find a way to break that pattern for you. So come see me over at Purple Ocean and let's break your patterns. Okay, and we are back from our break. 
Again, this is True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters, and today we're taking a look at the Antoinette Cayedito case uh, from a real long time ago, from clear back in the 80s. So, Christy, uh, first of all, uh, you did say that you feel like she was sold into trafficking by her mother. Yeah, 100%. That was, was exactly my hit. It was well. a setup from the beginning. Mom 100% knew when they were going to come knew what they were going to do, um, stayed asleep till late that next morning. No, mm-hmm. no, she was involved, which I hate to say, because I hate to even think that a mother would be involved, but she was, this, this was definitely an exchange for money. Mm-hmm. She was, you know, in need. And this is how she solved that. Do you think they were there specifically for Antoinette or were they just there for one of the little girls? Uh, I actually feel like they were there for Antoinette. Okay. Uh, They were looking for someone around her age. The little girl was a little too little for what they were looking for. Mm -hmm. It's a gross thing to say, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was her specifically. Was she the little girl that was seen at the cafe in Carson city? I do feel she was. Yes. Mm -hmm. And do you think she's still living? No. No. Um, I feel like she was killed around 96 or 97. She had just gotten too old. And I do feel that she did try to get away. Obviously, repeatedly. The phone mm-hmm. call. You know, all of those things. But when she got too old to control, I do feel that she was killed. I don't feel that that body that they thought might be her, I don't feel that's her. Yeah, agreed. Doesn't feel like her at all. I feel like she was, that she was killed and that she was buried. I do feel like she's in Nevada. Yeah, I feel like she's in Nevada. Okay. I will say that she lived in this situation for about 10 years. Yeah. Which I hate to say. I hate to even think that she had to live in that situation for 10 years. But I feel that she did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Oh, Lord. What a terrible case. Yeah. I don't feel that her body will be found or that her case will be solved. Um, I don't feel that there's, you know much left at this point. I feel like she was buried in the desert Mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't feel that that they'll find her ever connect her body back to what happened to her as a child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What a, what a profoundly sad case, but it again, Mm -hmm. it goes back to, you know, we've reported before on child sex trafficking yeah. And on or, or on child human trafficking and how it doesn't look the way you think it's going to look. Right. You know? No, it, it doesn't always. It, it often looks just exactly like this, unfortunately. Yeah. And parents way too frequently facilitate the trafficking of their children. Mm-hmm. Often out of desperation, often out of trying to protect other children in the family, mm-hmm. you know, I. 
I don't want to not judge her, her mother, but I do want to judge her, you know, like, I don't know, yeah. I'm kind of in the middle about it because we're talking extreme poverty here. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's never okay to sacrifice one of your children, but I also have never been in that position. And so it's hard to, right. You know, make a clear judgment, I guess. Well, it's around hard to understand exactly. Yeah. What their whole situation was. And yeah. Yeah. Well, and I had wondered too, were drugs involved here? Was this, uh, you know, yeah, an exchange that had to do with a, a, a drug debt or some kind of, you know, financial obligation on that front? I think that it was, and I think that it was to try to protect the younger child and the rest of her family. Like there was a, a real risk here that they were trying to protect from, mm-hmm. you know, still not a reason to sell one of your children into trafficking. Yeah. I, it's yeah, awful. No. But I I don't want to sound like some white woman from Idaho judging either because I realize that there are situations that I have never been in. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you for that. And mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I wanted to tell her story because it's one that I'm guessing has not been told much. Mm-hmm. And probably most of you have never heard of this child in your life. And so I really wanted to put her out there and, and tell her story and, you know, not let her be forgotten. Yeah. She was a fighter, too, man. She was spunky. Yes, she was. She was. Yep. She worked hard. Mm-hmm. Yep. She sure was. And just look at how cute she is. Oh, I know darling face such a bright yeah. little light there mm-hmm. yeah all righty well this is our mmiw case for the week we'll be back tonight with case updates and boy do we have some oh my gosh so many. busy week yeah. yeah we'll have a little to share there and of course um and we'll be back on thursday night at 7 p.m mountain for the psychic hours so that's what we have this week and then look for some pop-ups this weekend as well so thanks so much guys for being here christy thank you for reading this case Mm -hmm. this has been another production of true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters take care bye guys If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.